and welcome to episode 49 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan, and joining me tonight, we have Mark Nadu and Ash Collins. Mark, how are things going tonight? Good. Um, I think that rash is gone. Finally? Yeah. Well, it's about damn time. Freeze it, try to burn it off. Yeah. Um, all I need was kisses. Hey, there you go. Yeah, it's an so. easy one. I'm glad. I'm like when they're easy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and how about you, Ash? How are you? I'm doing all right. That's good. Yeah, we ended up uh, finding some kittens today while we were cleaning the porch, and hope, thankfully the mama cat was still around and she came by and got it. So. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I know. I was reading your Twitter. You had uh yeah in your like was it in your house? Like you had a you found a stray cat? Uh, no. Well, I found a stray cat underneath my back room. Uh, it had crawled underneath the back room and died. Uh, That's crazy. So that one we took care of. But the you no, know, the kittens were out on the front porch uh, okay. under a bunch of stuff that we'd had stocked. And we'd stacked it up front over the winter and we were cleaning it up and we found the kittens underneath. <laughs> oh, wow. And their mom came by and picked them up. It was pretty cool. Good. At least they were okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I can't even imagine. That couldn't have been fun. But I'm glad you got it taken care of and the smell is gone. Yeah, so. that sucks. Ryan. Hmm. All right. So this week we are talking about 1982's Rock and Rule. And this will conclude. Yes, you're right. I don't know why I keep doing that. I wrote down 82 and then I went on IMDb and realized, oh, no, 83. And I just keep wanting to put 82 instead of 83. But you're right. It is 1983's Rock and Rule. So this one will conclude our criminally underrated arc. And we are talking about this one thanks to you, the listener. And you spoke in our poll and you wanted to talk about rock and rule. And so that's what we are doing today. And I'm really excited to get down and, and talk about that. Now, this, of course, was Ash's secondary pick. And so, Ash, are you ready to talk about rock and rule? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. But first, so the last few weeks, I've, I've had a random question to start the show. So I'm going to do that again this week. Gentlemen, are there any video games that you're anxiously awaiting the release of in the coming months here? Anything that you're excited about that's coming out? Oh, I was excited about Uncharted 4 and No Man's Sky, but I have to wait until they drop in price. Okay. No Man's Sky's out later this month, right? Uh, June sometime, I think. June, okay. That one looks really interesting. It's one I would want to play. I'm not sure if I'll end up purchasing it or not. I'll probably rent it. But I'll see because it's so big. I feel like it's really uh, unique. Yeah. But what about you, Mark? Anything? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm nothing at all. Right now, and I got my my pal to play is so high. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, well, I popped in uh, or turned on, I should say, my PS3 to watch some 3D Blu-rays. Uh, I guess in the last week or so, mm-hmm. I talked about it last set or our last uh, our last podcast, and uh, I never finished Dead Space Three. And okay. I love Dead Space 1 to the point where I actually got the Platinum on it. Oh, wow. Uh, Dead Space 2 was fun, but I have a true love for Dead Space 1. That's, I think, one of my all-time favorite games. Hmm. And I never played Dead Space 3, so I might actually go revisit that. Okay. But really, now that it's getting nice outside, mm-hmm. I got uh, my name on a patio chair. with a <laughs> So, yeah, I, I honestly, I'm so out of video games right now. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know what's coming out. I think there, isn't there a, like, a new platform shooter from the makers uh, of uh, Borderlands coming? Overwatch? Is that yeah, what it over, is? Overwatch is Blizzard. That's Blizzard, um, yeah. Battleborn is, is uh, 
Gearbox, right? Gearbox, yeah. Yeah, so I like their stuff. Maybe I'll pick that up eventually, but I have nothing on my calendar. Gotcha. Yeah, I just pre-ordered Doom, which comes out uh, Friday. God about but, that. Yeah, with, um, the only reason I pre-ordered it is because Best Buy was offering, because I have like the Gamers Club Unlocked thing, which is a really good deal. Okay. Because I get like... I like a normal game is sixty three ninety nine with tax in the states here. I pay like forty seven forty eight dollars for it when it's all said and done. Shit, like we're, it's paying, a, we're paying like seventy nine eighty bucks a game up here because oof, of the yeah, rate. that's crazy. That's why I'm like I'm tired of getting burned by shitty games. Right, right. You know, yeah. So but I, this one, when you pre order, you get a you get you pre order and then purchase it. You get ten dollars in bonus certificates. Okay. And so I was like, well, fuck. If I, I was planning on buying it anyway, so I might as well pre order it and get the ten bucks. You know. Yeah. And so I have 25 bucks down on it. So I only owe like another whatever, 20 bucks or something. Um, but I'm waiting for the reviews because I really want it for the single player. Mm-hmm. And so that's not a good sign when, you know, publishers won't let reviews go live before the release date. That but right. that's what's happening here. And so I'm kind of concerned. But I mean, fuck, if I read the reviews and find out that the single player is shit, then I'm just going to get my 25 bucks back. You know what I mean? It's not a big yeah. deal. But I wanted to have the option of getting that 10 bucks free, you know, so. And I liked Doom 3 when it came out for the PS3. Like, that yeah. was a fun game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one looks really good. I'm hoping Doom is good, you know, because mm-hmm. what has ID Software? Is it ID Software that's still doing it? I think so, yeah. Like, what have they done Like if, if, if recently? And if this game Rage. does not work... That was yeah. it. That's that's it. Oh, was that like a iPad game? No. No, it, it was, was uh, for the systems. It was another... Yeah, it, it came out years and years ago. Doom has been in development hell basically for years. Yeah, yeah you know okay. what other game did that? Duke Nukem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one wasn't very good. So. Right, right. But I just watched the trailer for the new Call of Duty and for Battlefield 1, <laughs> which uh, Call of Duty, I at first, like, <laughs> I was all about it, but then I watched the trailer and I wasn't as thrilled about it, but I do want the Call of Duty 4 remaster, <laughs> so I'll probably end up buying it. What game? <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous. The Call of Duty. <laughs> oh God. But the uh the Battlefield One trailer I thought was really cool. So that one I'll be interested in because that's going back to World War One, so that'll be interesting. We'll see how that goes. What's I, I did read something about some controversy regarding this release where there's an exclusive or something. Mm, I don't know, I haven't read it. Oh yeah, it's just like oh, a no, they have time. a they're okay. If you're on the Microsoft console or if you're on the PC and you have EA All Access, okay, you get access to the game. You get like 10 hours worth of gameplay with the game, <clears throat> like five days before everybody else or something like that. It's like a little trial oh, and okay. then that you get access to it. And then if you don't like it, you don't have to buy it or anything like that. What EA is doing, though, is they're offering a version of the game where you can pay to basically bypass the EA access that people are paying for and play the game the same time that everybody else that has EA access can play it, even if you don't have EA access. But it's only five days in advance, right? Yeah, but still, well, that's the thing, though, is the EA access people that are paying for EA access are pissed about this. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, these people are going to be jumping in and playing five days before. It's like, why the hell am I paying for this? If you know one of the benefits, and that's not the only thing they get out of EA access, but right. 
basically they're shitting on one of the benefits that the people free access are getting with that other version. Okay. But are they are the people who don't have EA access still having to pay to access the game? Yeah. I mean, they still still have to pay to, to play the game and everything. Uh, it's just that they are paying like an extra five or ten bucks to play the game five days early. Mm. You know, in just my luck, I get the service and, and have to work the five days that I get for free or, you know, I get in advance right. no purpose to it. Actually, you know, one thing I'm actually excited about uh, is the Nintendo NX now that yeah. they're going cartridge and not going disc. I kind of like. Do you that. think that's true, though? Do what? What happened now? Sorry. The, the they announced that the Nintendo NX that they should be releasing in March of next year is going to be cartridge based and not disc based. Oh yeah, I did read that. Like that, like Nintendo announced that. Yeah. See, I thought that was a report. I didn't. Yeah, I thought it was announced it. Oh, Me I thought too. they did because then there was a spike in the, the guy who does cartridge. Oh, the guy, the company that does cartridge. There's one guy in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, he's probably right. He's like, oh, man, I'm out of screws. I need more screws for these cartridges. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck? I can't. Like, I thought it was a rumor and I still think it's like I cannot fucking see that being a thing. Why the hell would they go back to cartridges? Well, I think it's going to be more like, you know, like DX or uh, uh, 3DS games, like a small cartridge like that. Yeah. That, it, 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 well, mm-hmm. the rumor has been that the NX is going to be a dual threat console. Basically, the whole idea is that you hook it up to your TV and you play it like that, or you can take it handheld. And that was, has been the big rumor since they first announced it. But Nintendo hasn't shown shit on the console. So, no. you know, if flipping out about, you know, what media it takes and what specs it might possibly have doesn't mean anything because they haven't shown the console. We don't even know what it looks like. Right. Yeah. I just feel like I haven't blown a machine in a long time. So if I have to, like, you know, clear my cartridge by blowing at it, I'll be afraid I'll be hurting it or something. And I was like, am I doing this right? You know, Mark wants to blow machines. Am I holding it okay? <laughs> is this <something> good? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, it's my fetish. <laughs> wow oh jeez! <laughs> all right so just a reminder last week we announced our next podcast arc which will be starting with the next podcast and that is the saw series now at one point in the episode uh, last week i said that the saw podcast arc was going to be eight episodes and then a couple seconds later mark said nine films but in reality saw only has seven films so this is going to be a seven podcast arc not eight or nine like we it tried to make it like last time well <laughs> well someone what was it he sent me you sent us it was gonna be like the next like 32 podcasts will be covering a saw series or something i was just like, I was like wait they made that many of them well, what am I going to do? Is there like naps in between and uh, <laughs> every movie? So. Oh, man. Yeah, but we've been talking about what's coming after <laughs> Saw, and uh, that should be awesome. So w- whichever route we decide to go, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm just excited with episode 50 that we're getting back to our horror roots because that's really kind of what the foundation of Cinefessions was to begin with because that's what our, you know – our sci- horror, sci-fi, and cult cinema really are our number one passion. So I'm excited to get back to the horror roots. So that's going to be starting on the next episode, which you should be able to find on cinefashions.com next week. All right. So let's jump into our week in media. I'll start because I haven't done Jack Diddley. All I've been doing is playing Minecraft. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah, I sure am. I, I, fu- I fucking am. 
I All don't. Right. See, You're a dirty whore. Yeah, I, I don't see the <laughs> the interest in it. It looks horrible. Uh, it's not digging. I don't get the. I don't. I don't get the fun factor. I, I mean, I get it. I, I just. I. I've been avoiding it because I know if I start, I will never stop. Yeah, it's like it's so addicting, and I'm not doing fucking anything. Like I'm literally clearing ground. Like I'm. I'm digging. Oh, it's like yeah, it's like, like the same thing with with Fallout Four and mm-hmm. The Sims and any of those games that allow me to build things. Yeah. I will sit there and just fucking goof up and build shit until I'm out of materials. Go farm more materials and then build mm-hmm. shit more. So That's what it's I've been doing. Like you know, it's like uh, it's like, like I've had my house and I like I I carved out this mountain top right. So it, this mountain, so I just went right to the middle of it and kind of made it my land and uh, put build a house on it. And now I finally decided I wanted to do more. And so I built like this type of greenhouse thing on, on the roof with like water and uh, plants and everything up there, vegetables. Eco-friendly. And then I built a basement also today or the other day. And so now I have a basement and a roof. I'm pretty happy about it. But now I just like do, don't know what do to do. A, do you have a pit in your basement? The basement looks like a dungeon is how it looks right now. But no, I don't have a a, a pit. You have chains in your basement. <laughs> Get a little dog and a, and a bucket. All right. <laughs> That's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that next. Shoot a will. Cut a will off one. Yeah, I, you know, maybe if the game had better graphics, but I just, ugh. It looks yeah, yeah. You know that Nintendo is getting a version of it, so you can now have Mario in Minecraft. I'm like, right? God damn! I'd rather play Mario Brothers. <laughs> I love that you call it Mario instead of Mario. That makes me very happy. Well, I'm <laughs> north of the border. <laughs> For Val- <laughs> I'm actually using Siri to translate what you guys are saying. So. <laughs> oh God! Oh, all right. So, anyways. Ash, what have you been doing this week in media? Uh, DDO had a new quest update came out, so my wife and I played through that. Um, uh, dealt with gnomes and stuff. It was really messed up and a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them was like a choose-your-own-adventure quest where you make, make choices and it depends what choice you make depends on what you have to fight through the quest. So that was kind of cool. Um and then they had another one where basically you just end up fighting just about anything in the game that they throw at you. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of funny. Um, but uh, then, uh, let's see, I went and saw Captain America. Yay! Yay! Uh, my review yeah, is no, up on Cinefessions. Yes, it is. And no no spoilers there because I haven't gotten to see it yet. I'm going to see it this weekend. So. Yeah, I, I won't talk. It, I think it's not as good as Winter Soldier, but better than Avengers 2. So. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, let's see what else did we do. Oh, um, I finally got my Incredibles watch in, so I can get started on the um, on the uh, thingy for animation. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm the super animation thing. challenge. I forgot all about it and haven't watched the damn thing. Yeah, so I I've got my Incredibles watch in, and then I've got a couple others that I've got to watch yet. So I'm gonna go through those. Um. But uh, I, I forgot how funny Incredibles is. Uh, such a great. Movie. I haven't seen that yet. You still ha- you haven't seen Incredibles? No. Oh, I don't think I've seen it since it first came out. I own it on thinking on DVD. I don't think I own it. On yeah, movie. I've got it on DVD. But yeah, it's. I remember it being one of the better spirit movies until Marvel came over. Yeah, <laughs> it's. It is the perfect blend of superhero and 1960s James Bond spy movie. 
Okay. It yeah, and uh, and on the and on top of that, it's like a family comedy. <laughs> so right. It's, it's it's a great movie. Um, hmm. But the uh, you know I'll have my review here you know shortly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other thing I watched, uh, we ended up besides *Fear the Walking Dead*, uh, kind of playing on with that. Um, and we watched *Beneath*, um, which is it, I thought it was going to be. Uh, well, I didn't think it was going to be supernatural horror. Just the way they the poster is on Netflix, it looked like it was going to be supernatural horror. It's like a psychological horror thriller, um, okay. more almost like a murder mystery than anything else. Where this uh, this girl, um, she has like severe PTSD and some emotional problems, and uh, and she and she like takes medication for it and stuff like that. Uh, she comes home for a funeral. Uh, and then she starts investigating her sister's death and she believes that her sister didn't actually die or that there's something else going on. Um, and she's trying to figure it all out. Um, hmm. and she kind of bonds to her sister's daughter or niece. Okay. It is her niece. Okay. Yeah. So she ends up binding, kind of bonding to her niece and her niece has been seeing like weird shit around the house. And it was kind of cool. Um, I ended up giving it three out of five. Um, and it was, I liked it. It wasn't like mind blowing and it's not all that gory, uh, or anything like that. It's more, it's more along the lines of jump scare and kind of, you know, Oh my God, this is so terrible type of mm-hmm. before, but it was pretty good. And the, the actress was pretty good and, and the makeup effects were really well done. Um, but, uh, it was worth a, a watch. It's on, it's only, it's not even an hour and a half long. So if you're just kind of looking for something that, to watch it's not too bad cool all right what about you mark mm, not much since our yeah. last episode i've uh, just i just got off a five day uh, shift uh, this morning so honestly all i had the chance to watch was uh well actually i did watch a few movies uh i watched indy jones and last crusade oh great movie oh yeah to me i think it's my favorite yeah i would agree with that yeah so before you talk too much about it let me just throw out there Okay. I, I've not seen the Indiana Jones films. <gasps> what? Oh, I, I know I know what my pick is gonna be for the next podcast after I was gonna say, so that would be an awesome podcast arc to do eventually. So yeah. I, I I'm actually quite surprised by that. I've uh, only seen the newest one, the shitty one. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, uh, that's it. Oh, oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you you can continue. No, Just... I'm happy I'm sitting down right now because I would have fainted. He's <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> I would have hit my head against the floor. You heard me <laughs> hear me gurgle my death throes. Well, it's like I, I would die on the air for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> what, is it nine one one in Canada or or what? Is it like Z five Z or something? I'm, I'm in Quebec, so it's nef- uh uh-uh. <laughs> And the line's always busy because they're always on coffee breaks and stuff. Oh, man. Uh, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you hold it? <laughs> Anyways. Oh, God. Yeah, you know the real French person from Manitoba. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So in that case, I will shut my trap then awarding this movie, but it's it's good. Um, the reason why I'm watching it is because it's the Ottawa Comic Con this weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah. A.K.A. the fucking uh, fans price gouge. Holy fuck. Oh. I am pissed. That sucks. Yeah, I want to stop buying tickets ahead of time just because mm-hmm. I looked at the schedule. Like, my big thing is 
I like to get posters, right? And mm-hmm. if I get posters signed and then have them framed, they look awesome on the wall. Right. So I picked up a whole bunch of posters and I, I the schedule came out this week. They made an app for it. And uh, previous uh-huh. previous uh, conventions I've been to that are not like some of Wasteland where they're more, uh, I guess, generic conventions. So like there's no love whatsoever in these conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, the guests show up at the table and they kind of sign all day up until they do their special events and stuff. Yeah. Well, in this one, the autographs are actually uh, scheduled for one hour blocks. So I booked mine on Saturday because I'm thinking everybody's going to be there on Saturday. Right. And I get them all done in one shot. It'll take me maybe two hours waiting in line. Fine. Mm -hmm. And then I can, you know, enjoy the rest of the con walk around, whatever. Right. Well, so, I watched Indy Jones' uh, Last Crusade because uh, John Rice Davies is going to be there. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, he's there at 1030. But then I got a few people at 11 o'clock. Then Alan Tudyk's at 2 o'clock. Mm. And the person I wanted to meet the most was uh, Karen Gillian, who plays Nebula in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Because she has special events all day, she's not setting till fucking 730 p.m. Jesus. Oh, my God. So, like... What the hell am I going to do for, like, I'm pretty much going to be there by myself because uh, my girl is actually going to be a booth babe at uh, one of the indie comic uh, guys' tables. So I'll be, like, pretty much on my own for the whole day. And Mm -hmm. this convention center is not that close to my house. So, so like, my first autograph is at 1030 in the morning. But then they do resign during the day later on. But if I don't Mm -hmm. get there early, when I won't get a decent parking spot because parking is the shit. And I want to make sure I get in. You know, uh, yeah. but I don't want to be there for eight hours, hmm. you know, so I'm I'm debating, should I just not bother with her? And then I can be out of there by like three o'clock. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I should do that because she's charging $60 Canadian for an autograph. Are you, <laughs> yeah, that's fucking nuts. 60 bucks Canadian. Okay. So uh, I want five autographs. I've only seen three listed online with prices. Hmm. So, John Rice Davies, Sean Astin for my uh, Spanish Goonies poster, yeah. and her on my Spanish Guardians of the Galaxy poster. So far, that would total 165 Canadian for three fucking autographs. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, but I feel I kind of have to because I spend a few bucks just to get the posters. Yeah. So, am I going to get these posters and not get them signed after that? <laughs> Man. And they're there. But my God, Carl Weathers wants, no, pardon me. It was Sean Aston. He wants $55. That's, that's crazy. What? What, what is, um, God, like, he's a great actor. He, um, he was in Henry, Portrait of Serial Killer. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Michael Rooker. Rooker, thank you. Yes. He, he, I, he was at a convention I went to and he was wanting like 40 bucks and that was the highest I'd ever seen. And I wouldn't yeah. even get his for 40. Like I won't pay more than 25 bucks for a person to sign my damn shit. Like you're just a human being. Like the he did most, a few movies, congratulations, but I don't need your fucking signature that badly. The most I've spent on an autograph was back in 09. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher before oh. Star Wars Mania went crazy again. Right. And she was 60 bucks. But I'm thinking it's Carrie Fisher, and I've got an 8 by 10 Slave Leia yeah. picture signed by her. That's cool. That's kind of cool, right? But mm-hmm. because it's her, it's Carrie Fisher. Right. I can't see myself spending 60 bucks for Karen Gillian. That said, though, I think she's one of the coolest characters in Guardians. Like, I really dug her, but yeah. I'm not a Whovian. Like, I don't, I've never seen her in Doctor Who. Okay. So I feel like I can kind of like walk away 
But yeah. at the same time, I've got this poster, which I actually got uh, this time last year um, because she was supposed to be in Montreal at a convention, but I had just moved to Quebec, so I couldn't get the time off right away, so I didn't go. So I've held on to this poster for a year, and she's in Ottawa now, but she's at mm. 7 p.m., and I'm going to be there for like 10 a.m. That's ridiculous. I, I don't know. I might even leave the con if there's a movie theater nearby, go see a movie. I don't know. But yeah. I can't see myself walking the floor for seven hours straight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because one, um, I don't really have the cash to spend yeah. on extra stuff because mm-hmm. I kind of want these autographs. Um, and if they offer credit cards, you know I'm going to fucking rack it because I have <laughs> no impulse control whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of bummed by that. And uh, oh, well, there was something else. But yeah. So, so far, three of the five people, I'm already at 165 Canadian. Oh, and there's another thing. So now uh, in Toronto, at the end of August, early September, they have the Canadian National Expo there. And that's like the Canadian, like uh, San Diego Comic Con, let's say. Okay. Um. Sigourney Weaver is going to be there. Oh, wow. So I uh, I got the weekend off. No, I'd pay 60 for her. Oh, dude. <laughs> she's probably going to charge 100 <laughs> Wow. I've heard she's charging 100 bucks autograph at other conventions. Jeez. So oh, I've got my Ghostbusters one sheet. I've got my Aliens one sheet that's already signed by Lance uh, mm-hmm. Hendrickson. Oh, wow. Do I get both signed? If not, do I get one signed? I'm honestly leaning on the Aliens poster to get signed. Oh, that's what I would do. You know, she's the lead, right? Mm-hmm. I'd rather get both signed, but do I want to spend $200 no. on two autographs? And you know that she'll have a line up the ass. Oh, so yeah. So it won't be like, hey, I can talk to you for five minutes. Mm-hmm. It'll be like a one. It'll be like a Bruce Campbell line where you present mm-hmm. the item to a, a handler. He mm-hmm. gives it to him. He signs while even looking up. You say you like his work. He'll say thanks. And then you're done within two seconds. Oh, that sucks. You know? So, oh, and I, I just lied on the podcast. I actually spent six five dollars um, for my Pacific Rim poster a few years ago, signed by what's his name, the guy from Sons of Anarchy, um, but Ron Perlman. Oh, and that, okay. That was at the most a fifteen second greet. Oh, where geez. shook his hand, thank you, I like your work. Hey, mm-hmm. nice poster, thank you very much, and that was it. That was sixty five. That's ridiculous. It's gross. You know, I'm. I feel I've been spoiled by like conventions by like Cinema Wasteland. Yeah, because people will charge at the at the most forty. Yeah, and it has to be somebody like you know high high up. Mm-hmm. I can't recall spending forty bucks, but I remember a few uh, sessions ago, or a few uh, events ago, I got my whole Day of the Dead poster signed for like one hundred and ninety bucks, but that's got like nine autographs on it. Oh wow! You know so. Again, me spending one six five on three when I got like practically the whole cast mm-hmm. on one. It's just gross. This con business is so gross. Yeah. But I'm a star fucker, you know. <laughs> I find it so cool meeting these people that I never thought I'd ever meet. Yeah. So I want to get their John Hancock on something. Mm-hmm. So I've moved from eight by tens to posters because I think oh. it looks fucking awesome. Right. But the money that I'm bleeding for the stuff I love, you know, yeah. it's so cool. Absolutely. Like, yeah. honestly, like the first two conventions I went to, I got, you know, all these autographs, spent all this money. But then after that, I was like, these, these 8 by 10s I'm getting signed, they kind of just sit around and do nothing. Like, yeah. I'd rather put my money toward this booth over here that's selling all these awesome Blu-rays yeah. instead of that. And so I didn't, I haven't even gotten any autographs since 
the first two conventions I went to, I kind of skipped out on it. Well, that's the thing. My first uh, few conventions were all eight by tens, probably for a, yeah. a good, probably a good five years or so. Mm-hmm. So I had them all like on my wall, like in like uh, f- uh, no framed frames, you know, like just glass. Oh, okay. Without the frame, without the that's border. Cool. So they were all over. But then I'm like, fuck, I'm out of wall space. That's how many eight by tens I had. <laughs> so I, I just started going with posters now, and all my eight by tens are collecting dust in a binder. You know, so that kind of sucks. Right. Um, and I had something else to say. Oh, speaking of Blu-rays, I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw my my post uh, on Facebook and Instagram. I think I put it on my Twitter as well. But I found a place in town that sells Blu-rays at a heavy, heavy discount. Nice. I'm not going to say where because I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know what kind of truck they fell off of. Right. But I got season two of – this is all in Blu-ray and this is all sealed. Mm-hmm. I got season two of True Detective. I got, um, I got, oh shit, what else did I get? True Detective. I got, uh, the movie Spotlight. Okay. Uh, I got season four of, uh, Horror Story, American Horror Story, the, the freak, uh, the, uh, circus one, freak nice. show. Um, I got Ant-Man 3D. Ah, oh, fuck, I forgot the two other things. Okay. Anyways, I got like three box sets, four Blu-rays, cost me like 160 Canadian. Wow. No, sorry, it cost me 145 Canadian. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. This this I don't know how you're seeing this business, but I'm I'm digging your vibe, son. You know? <laughs> I'm digging your vibe, son. So That's awesome. Those that are local that don't want to screw it up for me, I can give you the uh, the location. <laughs> but just wow. look on Kijiji. They're on Kijiji. So there you go. That's awesome. Very and cool. That, yeah, watch an episode of Daredevil and that's it. I've been working, so yeah, yeah. good times. I'm done. Yeah, and actually, something I want to talk about that I forgot about, uh, I did some purchasing. And Ooh. so I ended up getting the Deadpool Steelbook from Best Buy. And I mm-hmm. went there on my lunch. So I was at lunch wait, at probably... Wait, already? Yeah, it came on oh, Tuesday. Oh, wait, that's right. Okay, yeah, because we're picking it up Friday. Okay. Yep. And um, went there and I was at lunch probably 2 o'clock-ish. And they were almost completely out. Like, they were down... I grabbed one and then this lady came behind me and grabbed two. And they were that was there was only three left. And so this one was going quick unlike the star wars one Mm -hmm. which came out you know a few weeks earlier which you saw the steel books there for like two weeks at a time or two weeks after that was released and so yeah this deadpool one was going very quickly though it's a very cool looking steel book i did pay five dollars more for it than the regular blu-ray which i'm not a fan of and frankly is kind of why i stopped collecting steel books now because i don't want to pay more for it i think it's so stupid but this one I had to pick up. I think I have almost all of the Phase 2 Marvel releases in Steelbook. And so okay. I wanted to keep the trend going. Yeah. I, I don't get the appeal to Steelbook. I, I honestly, I, got, I have some Steelbooks. Mm-hmm. I think it's just by, by fluke that I got them. Yeah. But I, I just don't see the, the appeal to for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I I just like when they have like alternative art that looks really cool. I mean, you're okay. you're fucking Canadian, man. You get the cool fucking art anyway, even if you just get a regular Blu-ray. Like we get the shitty art. Hey, and so you, if you ever want me to pick some stuff up for you, just let me. Yeah, know. I know. I need to need to like like one thing I can think of. Um, if if I'm remembering right, I think the Rex series. It looks really cool with the Canadian like uh, your Rex art. with Whoopi Goldberg. No, no, Rex R E C. I'm just shitting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's two we- Mark, make no. That's two weeks in a row where Theodore Rex has been mentioned on this podcast. Expected next week. <laughs> That's right. But the other thing I bought, and I went, I went kind of nuts. I, I splurged a little bit. So Amazon's having a Scream Factory sale this week. Which, yeah. if you haven't got any, um, and you're interested in those, make sure you jump on it. A lot of people have been buying a lot of things, but 
Um, there was 28 titles on sale. I actually own already 21 of the 28 titles. There were seven I didn't. I had a bunch of change that was laying around that I can take to a coin star and change in for an Amazon gift card. So I did that. Well, and cool. I had some extra cash. So I did that as well. And so I ended up buying all seven of the uh, collector's edition Scream Factor as I didn't own. Okay. And they're all the um, the collector's edition ones. So they're like, you know, tons of special features and really good, usually really good transfers, things like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was really, really happy about that. Like I picked up uh, Carpenter's The Fog, uh, Dark Man, yeah. the two uh, Tales from the Crypt films, Bordello of Blood. and You're a collector. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. You're going to watch the Tales from the Crypt movies watch Bordello of Blood first. Okay. That's the shittier one. Yes. Okay. And Good then to know. watch Demon Knight. Demon Knight is fantastic. Oh, but awesome. I think before watching those, watch fucking Indiana Jones for Christ's sake. <laughs> oh, Again, I own them. Have I've owned it for probably four or five no, probably longer than that, six or seven years. Like the Blu-ray set, I just haven't watched it. Am I gonna have to drive down to Detroit with a case of Canadian <laughs> beer and watch them all back to back with you? Oh man, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, well, yeah. Knowing you, though, three beers in is like, oh, it's Canadian beer. What's it's like? What? Nothing, right? I'm like, oh no, no, no. no. no you sit down. You stand up. You're down. <laughs> but yeah, so I was really happy with that purchase. Like, my goal is to collect all of the collector's editions that Scream Factory releases, mm-hmm. and so I'm. It's like right behind me. Did you a really watch good the collection. Dog Soldiers one yet? I heard there was something wrong with the transfer there. Yeah, the transfer is is like shitty. It's yeah. probably it's so hard because like the direct uh, Neil Marshall himself has said that you know this is as good as the film can look and yada yada yada. But there's just so much. I don't know if I can't remember. Like grain, I think was part of the issue, and it just looks. It's really. Odd. I've got the DVD of it, and yeah. I don't recall it looking bad. Oh, really? The DVD looks like shit. Does it? I don't remember. Yeah. Like, I remember loving the movie, but I don't remember it looking bad enough for me to say, ugh, why, why did I buy this, you know? Yeah, like I'd prefer the, the Blu-ray edition yeah. compared to that, but it's not a great transfer of the film, unfortunately, but probably the best they can do. And I mean, if Neil Marshall says it's the best they can do, I believe Neil Marshall, you know what I mean? So so why is it so bad? Is it like the the, the originals, uh, like the original film degraded so much? I think that's what it was. Don't quote me. I can't remember. I was all into the controversy when it first came out, but it was yeah. like a year and a half ago or something now. And I just, I can't remember the details of it. Um, I'd be happy to, you know, research a little more and talk about it again next week, but I just don't remember offhand right now. But I do know there was a lot of controversy, and that's kind of when some people jumped off the Scream Factory bus. Okay. Um, there had been some questionable transfers up until that point, and then the Dog Soldiers one kind of took the you – know, was the cherry on top. And so a yeah. lot of people are like, oh, this fact plate, blah, 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 they suck, blah, well, blah, see, blah. The problem but, with Scream Factory is exactly the same problem that uh, Anchor Bay had mm-hmm. in the late 90s, early 2000s, is that they release all these awesome old films, which everybody wants. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you run out of those awesome old films, and then they start producing like these indie horror films. And those kind of suck, and then they kind of fade away. So I I feel like Scream Factory is the anchor bay of like the 2010s. That's yeah, but I feel up. like there are so many uh, like cult favorites that are out there that they could still release um, if they could get the rights to. And on top of that, they are doing new films as well. Like Bite is coming out soon, which I've read nothing but excellent things about, and I really want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of their releases, their new releases, frankly don't look very good but i haven't really watched many of them just because the fact they look like shit but i've heard a lot of good things about a number of them and so you know they're kind of feel they're going down the anchor bay path yeah 
unfortunately. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, um, they are they have been getting some flack. They are releasing the Jeepers Creepers one and two, which obviously uh, the director is yeah. a uh, we you know former. Um, child rapist, essentially, right? Yeah. I guess that's what you'd call him. Yeah. And uh, they even did a commentary track with so, uh, Salva. Really? Yeah. And were so everyone, like, uh, like, not everyone, like, some people are really, uh, you know, pushing back against that choice. Didn't he do that in the daycare upon his request? I'm like, well, that's weird. Like all the ambient noises and stuff, you know? <laughs> so oh, God. In, in, in assuming uh, that happened? Uh, I mean, that's alleged- probably where it happened. Allegedly? Yeah. yeah. You don't, I don't know. Nap time. I'll have to. I see that. See, this is what kills me. I'm so fucking torn. I love the Jeepers Creepers films, and the releasing collectors editions of the Jeepers Creepers films. Like that's where I'm fucking torn. Like I don't want to support the release yeah. because they are working with this known child, you know, sexual assaulter or yeah. whatever you want to call him, child rapist, whatever, which is horrible. And I don't want to support that. But it's like, fuck. I love those movies so i, I like the first one i had a horrible date with the second one so for me that movie is tarnished yeah you know i should say i love the first one the second one i mean is really strange and like just but knowing the director's background it always throws me off because like he has like the the, the football player guys like taking their shirts off and like being weird <laughs> and like, i don't know in water like why are they why are they sharing each other but you know right. there's ray wise in this movie and like ray wise bumps and you film up like three notches <laughs> so, right yeah i i'm probably not gonna buy them just because yeah. like Deeper creepers one i liked it up until the end and i'm like mm-hmm. oh go fuck yourself but up until yeah. then, it was really cool right um, and then you know finding out the whole you know uh, yeah i directed powder and you know mm-hmm. uh, whatever yeah, and uh I'm, I'm, I, gonna, I'm gonna vote with my dollars and i'm not gonna provide them with any there you go and i already own them both on blu-ray anyway so it's like ugh, do i really need yeah. To buy these. I really want to get Children of the Damned, which just came out. I haven't seen that since the, I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. Like, That's the last movie I saw with Christopher Reeves before he had his accent. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember really liking it, but that was back in what, 94? 95? Yeah, early 90s. Early 90s back, 96 yeah. at the latest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would love to revisit that film because I remember right. it being fairly good. Oh, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. That's the other one that came out that I really want to pick up. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But. They're both like over 20, 20 bucks at this point. So I'm kind of waiting, hoping they go on sale. I think it's like 20 bucks Canadian. So, and like the screen factory sale in Canada, uh, you guys are getting them for about 12 bucks. Here mm-hmm. they're 16, but they're not. Oh, okay. Them. Yeah. So it's only $4 difference, but it's worth it. Gotcha. So I might actually, I was looking at, uh, uh, on my break at work last night, I was looking mm-hmm. at, uh, seeing which ones I, I needed and which ones they had on sale. And I was going to yeah. make a purchase, but, uh, yeah, OT didn't come in on this paycheck, so I'm gonna have to wait. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm. Yeah, looking for that next that next paycheck. That's where the the big bucks come. So I'm I'm trying to hold off to There's buy things too. A lot of money too. in uh, blowing uh, consoles and cartridges. <laughs> so you know, we can get a oh, Camtasia set up. It'd be awesome. <laughs> wow. I can manage oh, your work. So it's okay. It just <laughs> you got to hustle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good though. Just email Mark if you want to know how to get into that business. Yeah. I treat you so good. <laughs> You're my boot. All right. So let's jump into our discussion of 1983's Rock and Rule. Now, as always, there will be spoilers for Rock and Rule. So if you have not seen this film, make sure you pause the podcast, watch the movie, 
and then come on back. So, which is interesting because the actual, actually the home video releases of this are kind of rare. There was a, a DVD released, a two disc special edition, and I think it was 2005, which is the way we watched it. And, but then like the Blu-ray is super expensive for it and really hard to find. Uh, obviously it must be out of print. I haven't checked that, but it has to be with the price listed. And, uh, the like VHS releases from way back when are, were incredibly rare. And so very hard to find. So if you're not getting that, that DVD from 2005, like you're not, chances are you're not going to see this, uh, legally anyway. So, but anyway, this one is directed by Clive Smith, written by Peter Sauter and John Halfpenny, based on the story by Patrick Lubert and Peter Sauter. It has an IMDb score of 6.8 out of only 2,183 votes at the time of this recording, which, without doing much research, I think is the lowest amount of votes any film has received. So I think that's really cool because we went from kind of the most well-known to the least well-known on our criminally underrated arc with one hour photo, then, um, perfect blue, then my science project and now rock and roll. So it's a, it's a good order of things that just happened to be that way. So I think it worked out on Rotten Tomato. There's no Metacritic score, no uh, tomato meter score, but it does have an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 72%. And according to the, the research I was doing, this had about an $8 million budget. And it grossed only $30,379. That's according to Wikipedia. So take that with a grain of salt. But that's that's all I could find on it. Yeah, this movie almost bankrupted Nirvana Entertainment. Yeah, that's what I was reading. Yeah. And so what's interesting, like this is uh, Nirvana's first animated feature film. And it's also the first Canadian animated feature to be produced in English. Normally they're in French. So I thought that was interesting. But normally uh, – in, in, Something I'll talk about later is how, kind of how – we're just going to dive in here. So um, the film, it, it almost feels like at points it's a kid's movie and then the other time – like most of the time, majority of the time, it feels very adult. Um, and I think that probably comes from the fact that – I mean the film was originally titled Drats and it was supposed to be a kid's film. But it went through a bunch of different edits and a bunch of different changes before we finally got rock and roll. But I feel like some of those features of being the child, the kid's movie, I feel like some of those got through. Did you guys pick up on that or, or no? I, I thought it, it, it could be like a kid's film just because mm-hmm. I find the supporting cast of the band. Yeah. The and the guitarist. They've got that goofy-ish feel to them. Especially the roller skating brothers. That's what really sold it for me as a kid's movie. That too. But then you realize too that no, this is not a movie because then you go to the nightclub scene and you yeah. see nipples. It's all sex. So yeah, tasty nipples. So many- <laughs> I don't know why you guys are laughing. Tasty nipples. I don't find it funny. I think it's glorious. <laughs> the only thing missing from this film was a topless cat. <laughs> <laughs> Angel was pretty damn close to Topless, and I think she was was a was a cat. Yeah, and you saw side side boom. Ah, yep. (laughs) Anyway, all right. So, quick IMDb synopsis: A malevolent rock star kidnaps a female singer to force her to participate in the summoning of a demon, and her band must help her stop him. So, uh, this obviously is a post World War III film. That's what I got, at least. It doesn't state yeah. that, yep. but it says it's after the war, and then later on in the film, Mock sings a song about how he's he's better than World War Three or better, whatever. Yeah, he's the, the biggest greater. link since World War Three. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, uh, humans died, and all these people, like, grew from animals, right? If yeah, that's animals, that's what I got, yeah. These kind of mutant animal-human-being uh, combo creature things. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So I'm going to ask it right at the beginning. Normally, I kind of wait till toward closer to the end of the discussion. But is there a moment and, and going all over the place with this one? Is there a moment or a shot, a scene that kind of stands out to you the most? Ash, I'll ask you first since you uh, have uh, you know what I should ask first. I think I know our history with the film. Mark, you've not seen this film until re- just this week, right? Uh, up until two hours ago. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I I've not seen it. watch it prior to it. Uh, so I just saw it right before uh, we start recording. Okay. Very good. Yeah. I've, I've watched it yesterday and I watched it again before we're recording. That's the first time I've seen it. Ash, what's your history with rock and roll? Uh, either 84 or 85. It was on either HBO or Showtime. And uh, I taped it off of that. And that's how I had it. Like for years on VHS was taped up of HBO and Showtime. So okay. Yeah. I am very familiar with rock and roll. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I was reading that HBO kind of gave this because they'd had a lot of, they aired on HBO all the time and it gave this kind of a cult following mm-hmm. after it was released. So interesting. Okay, now let me go back to the question I was asking. Is there a moment or a scene that stands out to you the most? It's kind of your favorite in this film. Ash, what would you say is that moment um, if there is one? There's there's a couple moments. Um, okay. The one that I always remember uh, with the brothers, uh, the roller skating Slipper brothers, um, mm-hmm. is when Mock first wakes up when they're heading back to hometown, and um, Zip is watching Uncle Mikey. Uncle Mikey, yep. and uh, and Mock says, uh, "Zip, evil spelled backwards is live, and we all want to do that, <laughs> right?" That that <laughs> I love that line. That just that moment just. I love that. Um, the other one I think would be uh, uh, when Angel first kicks in at the beginning of the movie with her her song uh, over Omar's. Like Omar's just going ape shit, getting ready to go for his song, and Angel's just like fuck it <laughs> and kicks in with her her instrument. And that yeah. just that always just like yeah, this is really kick ass. So. <laughs> awesome. And what about you, Mark? Was there a moment that kind of stood out to you? Not really, but what I really liked from this film is uh, Deborah Harry's song, I guess Angel's song that she sings, mm-hmm. which you kind of hear a few times during the movie and then at the end as a duel. Yeah. I really like that song. Yeah, I did too. I like Blondie. I like New Wave. Um, I like the era. Um, yeah, that song just, I, I kind of want to find it on iTunes now. I'm sure <laughs> it's available. I just there, haven't looked for it yet because there, it's only been. Yeah, um, it's hard to find. Um, I found the film version on YouTube. Um, uh, there was never a album released for it. No, there wasn't. The, there is a, I, I don't know how they cobbled it together or how they found it, but it is an actual version of the ones in the film. De- uh, okay. Debbie Harry did re-record it. It's using the same mm-hmm. music, but she changes the lyrics, and I mm-hmm. don't remember what it's called. Hang on. Um, it, it, she changed the name of the song. Like it, "Send Love Through" is the um, is the one that uh, is on Angel's album. Yeah, yeah to be honest, I couldn't tell you what the lyrics were anyway. I couldn't really understand what she was no, saying. Me neither, but I'm gonna feel like but, a dope if I actually have this on vinyl. I didn't realize. <laughs> you know what I mean? uh, okay, uh, Angel's. Well, it's referred to as Angel's song in um, in the film or "Send Love Through," uh, and the Debbie Harry remake of it or her cover of it is from deaf dumb and blonde and it's called maybe for sure i do not have that album so perfect i'm (laughs) I'm vindicated but yeah i i think that song is pretty cool like i just like how it sounds 
Um, my favorite part, my favorite version of it was at the end. When yeah, they did the duel. Duel. yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. And honestly, the the animated look of the demon at the end, oh, that was I badass. Thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's I guess, I guess my two takeaways from watching it one time. Okay. Yeah. The um, the music. I really went into this expecting to kind of be blown away by the music. Yeah. But I wasn't a big fan of the music outside of her song. Uh, it was kind of a disappointment, a letdown for me in that regard, which is probably you know my own fault for setting expectations. But I just came into it with those with those expectations. Probably from this is probably Ash's fault, really, because I read his review. So <laughs> one more song that I heard just a snippet of. Mm-hmm. I guess they're in a trance something and they're seeing Mock's face like in a fire. Or it's oh no! Yeah. Yeah. so yeah. trippy. Yeah, I wasn't able to shazam it fast enough. <laughs> and I didn't want to rewind it and fuck up uh, my viewing before the the podcast. Right. Um. So like that song also. I'm like fuck that. That sounds that sounds pretty cool. Um, the rest of the music, I was kind of like, yeah, not really. Yeah, not really into my ear type of thing. But yeah, those exactly. two segments, mm-hmm. I like a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. Lou Reed, Lou Reed did Triumph. Uh, that's the mock song that they're listening to when they're all tripped out. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's when I wrote down. I was like, I wonder what it would be like to watch this under the influence of some drug of some sort. Because I feel like it would just fuck with you so much, well, especially that moment. You have to be a little more. Um, you have to be a little more specific because I think different <laughs> drugs do different things. Well, so yeah. what would you suggest? You if, if you had if it was legal if we, if we were in a legal state, uh, you know, and you could pick a, a drug. To uh, accompany the movie, like a like a fine wine with some cheese. What <laughs> You're would asking you the wrong guy, man. What would yeah. you select? Prior knowledge of your heavy drug use. What would you <laughs> yeah, like I said, you're asking the wrong guy. I would Be- probably liquor and marijuana is about as hard as it gets over here, buddy. <laughs> I would probably go with something a little harsher, like like a rock uh, drug, like a like a crack <laughs> or a or a PSP, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, what really? I would say tripping balls on LSD with this movie would be pretty far out <laughs> with a beanbag chair. I would imagine. I would imagine. It threw me. I was like, "Holy shit!" And it both times I watched it to see this animated character mock, like sniff what looked like cocaine or a white powder from his mm-hmm. ring, and then his eyes get into this like trance. I was like, "That's I don't know." That just threw me. I was <laughs> like, "Allegedly, we call that a bump." A bump. You're just taking a bump to get your get your freeze on. Oh. You know, just just to wake you up. Don't have oh, time for okay. coffee. You can take a bump. <laughs> like I'm you know, so ignorant to the like world see, of drugs, like, I apologize. You, you've noticed old uh, pictures of Star Wars on set. <laughs> yes. Some pictures, Kara Fisher has uh, yep. has a longer nail on her baby finger. Yeah, I saw that. And that that's her Coke finger, so she can mm-hmm. take bumps. <laughs> Man. Uh, speaking but, of scenes that stood out, the other one yeah. the other one that stands out for me is the one where they're first going to Mox and Omar is making fun of everybody. He's, oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, Mock, good to see you. He's like, why did you call me Mock? They go back and forth. That just ca- mm-hmm. that cracks me up every time I see it. Yeah, I did find that funny. And I'm thinking they're, as- they're asking me how, my- how I'm doing. It's like, oh, yeah, no, it's Mock, not Mark. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I'm right here. Fuck. I'm watching a movie. I found one thing that kind of fell flat in mm-hmm. this film was the humor. Okay. Like, trying to do like a back and forth, you know, who's on first type of mm-hmm. style of humor. And I just, ugh, it didn't work for me at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, some moments worked. Like when the brothers were fighting each other, you know? Yeah. It was like, it was like, I don't uh, I like that. See, I, I like that. I'm not a slapstick guy. I'm not a Three Stooges guy. Yeah. So that kind of humor doesn't do it for me. That's me. That's just me being a stupid American, liking that slapstick well, nonsense. I didn't say that. I, didn't that. <laughs> I implied it, but I didn't say it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, maybe you like it, but not for me. <laughs> no, but oh, so, so my moment in this film, and, and it both times, it just so obviously, thanks to Uncle Mikey. Zip realizes that he's being evil and tries to stop being evil. And he jumps in front of um, uh, Omar at the end and he, uh, you know, falls to the ground. He's obviously dying. His brother picks him up and he says, you know, we're not evil, are we? And then the shot of the rollerblade wheel coming to an end, telling us as an audience that this character is now dead. That to me was nothing short of brilliant. I thought that was just perfect. Yeah, that was a nice scene, actually. Yeah, I do love uh-uh. the 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 expression on the older brother's face too. He, mm-hmm. He's just, you know, he's about to go ape shit. <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought it was just a really smart, um, kind of mature uh, choice compared to the rest of the film, and I it really stood out to me. I love that moment. But so going back to Omar. Mm-hmm. This is a character that I just did not like at all. I thought <gasps> he like was Omar? in. He's a Me piece neither. of shit. I he's incredibly he unlikable. Selfish. Arrogant. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going back and oh, forth. Small we, dick. We were, <laughs> 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 oh, he's just an arrogant, whiny little prick, man. I, I the start don't of the movie, yes. get it. At the start of the movie, yes. But it doesn't change. That's my problem. I yeah. thought that's what was going to happen. This arc was going to go. But even toward the end of the film, I mean, like, yeah, he saves her. But there's not a lot of dialogue there that kind of uh, redeems this character as, you know, a hero character. And I didn't think the action did that well enough because I thought, um, you know, kind of Zip was was more so of a of a hero character to me. He was he had a stronger arc than Omar did. He went from being this evil character with you know unthinking to basically saving the day. Because if Omar would have died, this whole thing's pretty much over. Yeah, I I thought that uh, was it. Alphonse, uh, he was like the the band member that was actually taking charge. He wasn't the one that was under the influence of the uh, pink spheres. Oh yeah, was he, it Dizzy? He, yeah. He, oh, is Alphonse. it Dizzy? Yeah, yeah. He knew something was fishy right off the bat. You know. Yep. Um, so I thought he was to me. He was the leader of the band because he kind of took charge to try to get uh, Angel back to begin with. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, me too. I like that character. I don't like. I don't like the fat shaming though. Oh, I know. Oh my! Like, come on! Like, don't do a trigger <laughs> warning before this started. You know. <laughs> Um, you know, I got, I got the sweats. I'm like, oh, oh, man. oh know, gosh. I called my mom. I had a chamomile tea. Uh, <laughs> I was okay. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Fuck. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Omar was an asshole. I mean, he walks out on his band because he wasn't getting his way. Mm-hmm. And then... When he goes to meet the people, he treats them like shit and he doesn't even know them. Like he's, it's funny, yeah, but it's still, it's like, why is he being such an asshole? And then when he meets Mock, he's a real piece of shit to Mock. And it's like, really, this guy is who you want to be. Yeah. Like, why are you treating him like he's, you know, nothing? Like he hasn't done anything to you yet. 
And so I just I didn't see the motivation there for that well, for the character maybe to act he's that way. Pissed because one of the brothers ripped the roof off his car. Remember, because him and Angel were like a make a point, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they just like tear open the car like a can opener, you know? It's <laughs> like here, go see Mark. Not you, but you can come anyways, you know? Yeah. So maybe he's just pissed. Like, hey, dude, you ruined my roof of my car. Could be. You know, I'd be pissed. I'd be, yeah. Whatever, mock. <laughs> Whatever, mock. Whatevs. <laughs> so that, that's probably one of my favorite lines in the movie, though, too, is, you know, uh, he asks Angel, what do you think of my last album? And she's like, I loved it. And uh, Omar's like, I bought it, too. My gerbil yeah. uses it as a room divider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I, it's funny, but I just, I didn't get why he was doing it. See, I loved Omar, but. I don't know. I, I and I also watched it when I was a kid too. So, right, you know. right. Yeah, my wife loves Omar, and she's an adult. So you know, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so the look of Mock, uh, I got a bit of a, uh, a a bit of Bowie, but a bit of um, of uh, oh shit, the lead singer of the Rolling Stones, uh, Jagger. Jagger, Jagger. Yeah, his Jagger mouth. His actual name was Mock Swagger. Oh, that's oh funny. really? Yeah. So he was definitely based a lot off of Mick Jagger. Mm. I did dig what? his voice. He had a pretty cool voice. Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I love that. And sadly enough, um, so doing a really small amount of research. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, the guy who played Mock, Don Franks, he just passed away uh, last month, April third. Oh. Uh, oh wow! Passed away of cancer. Uh, that's sad. That sucks. Yeah. And apparently, if I'm looking quickly here, he was in Inspector Gadget. I don't know if you guys had Inspector Gadget. Uh, yeah, in the hell States. yeah, I love that show. But he was, if I can scroll fast enough, uh, he was uh, Dr. Claw. No shit. Yeah. So Mark wow. and Dr. Claw are the same guy. That's awesome. I didn't I didn't catch that. That's awesome. How cool is that? Because yeah, he's got that gravelly voice. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. Yeah. How cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Very he passed away with cancer, unfortunately. He was 84. Wow. So going back to kind of toward the beginning of the film, um, there's this moment after uh, Omar ditches the band and then he's going to try to find Angel afterward. And he's like, oh, no, I'm just here to tell you you're good. The music was so intrusive in that scene. It, it overpowered the dialogue and I could barely hear what they were saying. I thought that was just a terrible kind of audio job, terrible mixing job. By the editor there. That scene. How did the music go? Can you can you hum it? <laughs> no, I cannot. I can. It was just some instrumental thing. Shuck, so close. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they. I do know that there were some problems bringing rock and roll out. Um, they edited it a couple different times. Uh, yeah. Once for Canada and once for the U.S. Like Omar actually has like a completely different voice actor in one of the yep. versions of the film. Um, really? It, which is really weird. Uh, I don't know which version this is, to be honest, the one we watched. This is the Canadian version because the American version has Omar as a different actor. Okay. Okay. That's what, from what that's what I got from my research. Okay. But yeah, I don't know if that's part of the edits um, or or if the, right. or if it's just kind of, you know, they, they lost something trying to get the, you know, to redo the video because I, the version I got was from a... Um, I don't remember which version I had. Hmm. Uh, it was it was like a Lost Treasures DVD or something like that. Um, oh, okay. That they'd actually uh, unearthed it. Gotcha. 
Yeah, the um the Blu-ray actually has both versions on it, the American and the Canadian version on it. Oh, okay. So that'd be interesting to check out. Is there out. a different runtime on it? Like, is one cut longer than the other? That's a good question. I don't I don't know that answer. Um, I know like they were saying that they released an, an, another uh, American. They were trying to do an American cut where it was more, uh, again, more aimed at kids. And so that's a lot of the editing they did. They changed some dialogue to make it more kid-friendly and whatnot. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if it has a different runtime or not. And it doesn't say on uh, what I'm looking at on IMDb at all. So I'm not sure. Okay. What I find oh, funny in the- oh, oh. The original print of the film was destroyed in a fire, and all reproductions of the original feature film are recopied from the original VHS release. Oh, wow. Really? Hmm. Huh. Yeah. That's too bad. That might be, that might be part of the problem. Yeah. Mm hmm. There was one scene I found funny, uh, just uh, with the dialogue, was Mm -hmm. when Angel and Mock, um, I guess it's after they try to summon the demon in Nuke, Nuke City, and they didn't have enough power. So now they're heading to Ohm City, and, um, and uh, he's in this like round bed, and she's trying yeah. to get him to not, you know, like not have the concert tonight. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, let's get away together, you know. Let's go to, you know, let's go away." And he's like, "Fiji, Disneyland, fancy island." I'm like, even <laughs> after World War Three, there's still like a Disneyland. I just find it kind of weird. That's funny. Nuke York. Yeah. Um, but I really like that scene. And what I liked most about it is the fact that. Omar, I'm sorry, Omar, geez, Mock doesn't fall for it at all. I think that makes him a stronger, a stronger villain character because he's a more intelligent villain character. He's not in love with her. You know, he just wants her voice. Right. So she can try to seduce him, but he's like, bitch, Mm -hmm. I'm all about the demon, you know? (laughs) I think my favorite characters in the film have to be the, uh, the roller skating brothers, specifically the two dumb ones, uh, Zip and, uh, what, Sleazy? I know Mark. We mentioned this earlier, but I know Mark. You didn't. You didn't find them too funny. But I thought. No. I don't know. I just. I liked their banter back and forth. I thought it was was funny, and um, like I said, I think they had at least Zip had more of an arc than virtually any other character in the film. Uh, unearthed, unearthed um, films was the one that the version I've got. So yeah, the unearthed films is the one that they, they put it together. Okay, so gotcha. they're the ones that put it out on DVD. So okay, yeah. So, what animal animal is Mock supposed to uh, be? Like, what is he kind of mutated from? Could you tell? <sighs> no, he's the most human looking out of anybody. Yeah, you think? I think so. Well, plus oh. he, he he's you know he's uh he's uh, what's his name? <laughs> I forget his name again. Mick uh, Jagger. Mick Jagger. Like he looks like Mick Jagger to me. Maybe he's a bit of a bat because of his teeth. Oh, I, I kind of almost got like a baboon look from him. Uh, I, I didn't check his butt out, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just his face looked looked that way. I don't know. It was just strange. You so To me, he looked like the most deformed. That's what I wrote down. He looked like the most deformed out of any of the, uh, of the creatures in the film, any of the characters in the film. Well, he was at least Disney looking of all the characters. Yeah. You know, he mm-hmm. had the most lines in his face. He was the most, uh, I guess, animated-ish, you know? He was, yeah. uh, he was much older, too, so that might be part of it. Right. Yeah. I wish there was more revealed, because Mock, obviously, he's this retired rock star, but he's also a magician. Mm-hmm. And I wish there was more revealed about 
how he was doing all these magic tricks when he was trying to seduce Angel in the beginning of the film. I thought he was um, using like computers and holograms and crap. That was what yeah, I. Yeah, I just wish of. more was. I wish they kind of divulged more because they 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 let the audience in on the fact that this isn't real. This is, uh, you know, the brothers, the roller skating brothers, are helping create this. Yeah. This you know fantasy world, but they don't really go any further with it, and I kind of wish there was more. Um, there was more with it there. I feel like they just didn't give enough away with it. I agree with that because at the same time, what's his motivation to summon this demon? Like, is it to take over the world? Because honestly, that demon looks so big and powerful. He, why would yeah. he even listen to Mock? Like, I don't get his. I know his all like, yeah, all I could get was that his record sales were going down, well, and think, so he decided he wanted to do this. I think it was basically his big fuck you. You know, I, I, you know, this is me on the way out, and you're all going with me. That was mm-hmm. that was kind of what I got out of it. Hmm. That makes sense, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just, you know, like, you know, okay, so we're watching like this movie already in progress type of thing. Like, you know, the things are set. Uh, oh, we need right. to in peace, but like, just why? And yeah. why is it a voice? You know, like it's again, it's a movie about music. So obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the voice and the one pure singer is going to be the one to unlock everything. Right. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just didn't get it, you know? Yeah. So, like, as streamlined as some of it was, I feel like there was uh, some moments where it just felt like the movie was padding it for a runtime. And uh, one of those moments is the day they go to visit Mock, they have this driving scene where it's just us watching them drive through the city and it's the music playing in the background. And it's like, okay, what's what was the point of that 60 seconds? Um, and then later on with the, the whole fact that they move the finale from – Nuke City to uh, Nuke City. I just made fun of you, and now I can't say it. Nuke York. Nuke York. Oh, to uh, Ohm City. Hometown. Hometown. Fuck me. (laughs) Jesus. What a a joke. Anyway. One of the songs is even called Hometown. I mean, come on. Yeah. Your geography is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Do you teach you in those? I don't know. I'm not going to go there. Public school. Public school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so the whole fact that they move it from Nuke York to, to Ohm Town, is, it just seems so pointless to me because there's no reason to have the finale in Ohm Town versus no. having it in Nuke City. So, again, it just feels like we have to do something to kind of stretch this movie out a little bit more. And so that's what they do because they didn't have to send the three bandmates back to, to right. Ohm Town. They could have kept them in Nuke City. But they did that, and so then they had to move back. So it's like, what's oh, I, why? What's the point? Yeah, they didn't uh, have enough power. Like that's stupid. Well, and and, and the thing, like the, the city is called Nuke City. Mm-hmm. Like you're telling me there's not enough power in Nuke City? <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? Apparently, they face a lot of blackouts because when the three the bandmates got there, there was a blackout, and then he caused a blackout, and so then they moved to hometown. It's like what? Ah, it's weird. So another thing I thought was pretty funny with this was the fact that when the uh, the guys get like the the car drives off and they land in that the what was it like the statue, the water what, fountain. The water fountain. Thank you. Um, the cop pulls up and the in the 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 crimes that he spouts off a four nineteen a bathing felony a four thirty one improper swimwear. I thought that was really funny because they just have these ridiculous post World War Three laws. 
in this world. And I thought that was really funny. See, I thought the back and forth banter between him and Omar mm-hmm. was just stupid. Again, the back the back and forth slapsticky, you know? Yeah. Like, no, you do it, I do it, you do it. And like, I just, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too superior to find that <laughs> stuff funny, you know? No. But I found the humor was beneath my feet. <laughs> You know, on this one, I agree with you. This one and the next one, the next cop they deal with when he hands him like the tuna fishing license or whatever. Yeah. I, those moments just didn't work for me. No, me neither. Um, but I thought the, the laws were pretty just ridiculous. Um, but, I do think, I do think, and I don't have anything to substantiate this, but yeah. just watching, you know, it's just as many times as I've watched the movie. Um, I'm under the impression that they, they edited it so that Omar and them arrive um before the concert and then they you know they can't get in the city then they're like power blackout you know Mm -hmm. no one gets in um i'm wondering if uh originally omar and them arrived after the concert and like you know they that all that stuff happens with him trying to convince her to do it again after the fact and then he decides to go to hometown later but and you know, even then, it doesn't. I don't know that it necessarily changes uh, your guys' opinion of them moving to a couple different cities. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I so I don't know if that that's part of it or not. You know, that's a really good point because I was thinking the same thing. I was wondering. I was like, is this movie deep enough? Like, are we actually seeing? their arrival after the fact they just don't make mention that they're jumping back in time like is that something that's happening like is the blackout that cop is referencing the blackout that was caused by mock but i feel like it probably wasn't it was probably like you're saying it was just editing was done that way or or Um, maybe that the concert happened and you know there just wasn't enough juice at the concert you know, and uh, he just shows up, you know, after after the concert. He's like, yeah, we think, you know, the city's on the black. I, I don't think it was that smart. Uh, right. You know what I mean? So I, I think that, uh, you know, like it wasn't an edit, a smart editing thing, but just, I don't know. I was mature to thought, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, well, in the movie is, I, I will give it that, that there are some, uh, even watching it now, like there's, as much as I love the movie, there are a couple mm-hmm. of rough spots where I think they could have filled out a little bit. Um, yeah. But I, I'm wondering if that was just, they ran out of money. Um, you know, not necessarily that it, you know, like they just never got to animate it because they ran out of money type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then they had to be careful with their editing later. Um, yeah, I would, I, I would love like a behind the scenes or making of or like a commentary track with like the directors and stuff. On and, that two disc DVD set, there is a commentary track. Is there? Okay. Yeah, and I really want to hear it, but yeah, that's what I was reading. Okay. Yeah, because I, w- I would love like a behind the scenes, like more than what they've mm-hmm. got. Because like what, uh, the only thing that I remember seeing was like this little 10 minute thing where they do interviews with mostly the, the band members. And oh. like, you know, when they're talking about writing the songs and stuff, and you get little snippets of the animation and stuff and how they you know, went about doing it, but it's not really in depth. Gotcha. Yeah, I would like to get my hands on uh, on the commentary track there. Um, so we get a lot of Cindy's ass in this film. I mean, a <laughs> lot of Cindy's ass. Yeah, but, yeah and uh, man, how delicious was that, right? <laughs> Not quite the term I was looking for, but. Oh, <laughs> I think I named it before. I can eat all day. Oh, the God. winging heart tattoo. 
<laughs> yeah. Fourteen ninety nine special. That's, yeah. You know what? That's in that economy. That's a really good price. Hmm. The um I, one thing that she does say that I thought was really interesting is that um and I noticed this the second time around. Cindy says to Angel, she goes, um, "Are you sure you're one of his girls? You were. You look a little dated for one of Mox." And uh, so meaning that she's or normal that she's older than what he normally likes, which is crazy because. I mean, Angel can't be much more than like 21, 22. Yeah. And Mox, to me, looked like he was in his 50s and 60s. So I thought that was just a interesting uh, interesting moment that really built on that rocker aspect. Yeah, Mock likes him young. It keeps him fresh. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. The other, the other thing with that, too, is maybe not just age, but um, she's kind of from a backwater town, you know, hometown. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of not behind with the slang and stuff, you know, cause she's like, you know, like Cindy's pop, 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 you know, all of her dialogue goes like that. When Angel's trying to match her, she's kind of slow with it and not quite, you know, it, it's awkward, like really yeah. awkward. So that was why I took away from it was that, you know, she's kind of dated as in, she's not socially up with what's been going on and what's been happening in the world. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can that's take it both ways. I can see it right, both ways. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's another thing. Like, we didn't get very, we didn't get much character development in terms of that. Um, I guess you could say that, but kind of the way I was thinking was that she just wasn't a club girl. Like she, you know, was kind of more into the band scene Mm -hmm. and she wasn't into like the anti gravity club that they were going to. So she wasn't up with the same lingo that that um, Cindy was. Yeah, and so that's why I don't know, but. Yeah, I wish we had more development. What What is the history of these characters? I mean, we have no idea. It's almost not it never touched on. This is true. I will give you that. So the one thing that confused me, especially the first time around, so the computer, Mox computer, starts by saying that the being can be sent back by the magic of one voice, one heart, one song, and then all of a sudden, it like changed his mind, and it didn't hit me until the second time around. The computer says, no one can send it back. No one can send it. And obviously... Yeah, no one voice. No one singular voice can do it. Yeah, so I thought... I got that on the second time. But, I mean, hey, kudos to the film. It doesn't really spell it out for you. Yeah. I I like that about it. Also, the computer... I was confused the first time. I I got a huge Tron feel off the computer. Yes. Yes, And, you know, it's all like triangles and angles and there's no curves. And, yeah, it's very Tron-y to me. What what year was Tron released? I feel like it was after this, oh, wasn't 82, it? Eighty two, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, they're around the same time. They're pretty close. Okay. Well, probably animated. Uh, eighty two. Yeah, it came out in eighty two. Okay. So obviously, right yeah, it was probably animated around that time as well, right? Because then it, got it was actually started. They started making it in seventy nine. Oh, there you go. So uh, yeah. I think Tron is very rock and rolly. <laughs> <laughs> Another moment I really thought was funny was when uh, the guy was getting the tattoo. So that's I, I, what I understood was that was uh, Dizzy's aunt. Yes. Yes. And she had to go yeah. bail him out. Okay. I love when uh, he's getting the tattoo and, and you hear screaming and obviously you think it's the person getting the tattoo, but the camera pans out and it's it's uh, Stretch screaming, oh, I can't even watch. I thought that was a really fun moment. Well, head tattoos are kind of – probably doesn't feel too good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We have company at 12 o'clock. Oh, but the house is a mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stretches. <laughs> Stretch cracks my shit up. I liked the aunt character, the tattoo artist. Yes. Because she kept calling Omar Oscar. 
And I feel like that was an intentional choice on her part, which I thought was a really smart character choice. Um, uh, like smartly written character choice, I guess. Um, and uh, because I just feel like she doesn't like him. No, and she, definitely she calls him like Oscar him. on purpose. Well, she, she, uh, cause he says something and then she's like, uh, yeah, I'm it's just because of this, like you. you little scumbag. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> she kind of mutters under her breath. <laughs> right. So yeah. we never really see how Mock gets a hold of the rest of the band. We see him, obviously, I feel like him getting a hold of, uh, Omar is, is pretty blatant, is pretty obvious because Omar's obviously led to that warehouse where, uh, old quote unquote, what's her face is, um, is wearing a angel mask. And so, you know, Omar's already there. I see how he gets captured, but we never see the other two get captured. And then all of a sudden, minutes later, they're in the room next to them and they're like putting this ball where that's how he, um, uses them to get her to agree to sing. And I wish we would have seen more. So it's another moment where I feel like the film was so streamlined, yet they add in this other other nonsense that doesn't really need to be there to kind of pad out the runtime. I feel like they could have, you know, closed in some of the, the padding and stretched out some of the more other things that could have been, you know, more interesting to fill time. But so I'm a little disappointed in that. Time, you know, the runtime isn't that long to begin with. You know, no, it's like, not. It's only 77 minutes. That's yeah. Why, you know, the, the story is a little paper thin, but, you know, mm-hmm. I think, again, it's a, it's an animation, uh, you know, uh, production issue more than anything else, I think. Because right. There could, there's a lot that could be said for the world that really isn't even understood, you know? Like, yeah. the guy who had the tattoo on his head, uh, is mm-hmm. he a pirate? Because he had a peg leg and then he gets killed over the phone. He gets killed. You yeah. know, like, that's unexplained. Like, how can a magician do that? Right. You know? I know Chris mm-hmm. Angel wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> David Copperfield, uh, maybe if you tell maybe. too many truths about him. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's just so much unexplained, which I'm sure, you know, could have been if maybe they had a better, a longer budget, more time to mm-hmm. make the film. Who knows, you know? Animation right. back then is was a lot harder when, uh, you know, I had to do everything by pen and paper. Right. Or cell yeah. and paint or whatever they, they used. Yeah, because you know, so. they, didn't, they didn't really start doing digital uh, until into the 2000s. So, yeah. yeah, this was still paint and and everything. You know, hand draw, then paint, and then, you know, you had to do the backgrounds and everything else, and line it all up, and yeah. A lot more intensive. Yeah, it's a right. It's a thing, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> I love the line. So after... Angel tries, uh, like, flirting with Mock to get him to, you know, tries to seduce him to get him to not do the concert. Um, and he turns her down. And then he starts, like, strangling her. And then all of a sudden it goes black. And uh, presumably he beats the hell out of her. I mean, I don't know. And then uh, the um, – it was probably Toad comes in. And he says, is everything all right? Blah, blah, blah. And he says, she can sing or she can scream, but she still pissed me off. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. And, and then sort of um, like all kind of coked up, right? In, in yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, just a really interesting moment there. I thought it was really cool. Especially in animation. You don't really see that. You know, exactly. You know, so it's, it's interesting. Right. And then later on, the line, believe your heart, Omar, not your eyes. I thought that was a really stupid line, which wouldn't have worked in any situation other than this one. But... <laughs> but. All right. So any, any, other, um, any other thoughts that you want to talk about with rock and roll at all? Anything that, that screams that needs to be discussed that we haven't 
I don't think so. Not, at least not on my side of things. Uh, okay. We've been pretty thorough on it. I think we, yeah. we've talked more about it than the actual runtime of the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Ash, what are your final thoughts on Rock and Roll and your star rating? Um. Well, there's a lot of nostalgia glasses for this one for me. Right. Uh, and this was like one of the first animations that um, that was non-Disney for me. Um, this one and I think heavy metal later, not too much later, um, or a couple of the big ones. Um, but, uh, no, I, yeah, I, you guys are talking about the different plot points and it's like, I can kind of see some of the the stuff, but I, overall, I think it flowed pretty good and, and I enjoyed most of the music in it. Um, and the big focus is the music and they advertise the hell out of that on the cover and everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love the characters. I think it's just a lot of fun. So. I would give this a three. All right. So three out of four stars. And what about you, Mark? What are your final thoughts in your, in your star rating there? Um, I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of this film. Um, I didn't like the humor. Um, it was long enough for me just because I wasn't really into it, but I did like the music and did like some animation scenes. <laughs> um, would I ever watch it again? Only to maybe cue up some music that I wanted to write down. Um, I'm going to give it one and a half. All right. Yeah, this was a weird one. You know, I didn't love it the first time I watched. I didn't really like it all that much. Um, the second time watching it, I kind of fell into it a little bit more. Um, I don't know that I'll watch it again. Uh, like you said, Mark, but you know, I can see how, you know, someone who's seen this since they were young could get a could get a lot out of it, but it just wasn't uh, really doing it for me. I and did enjoy some of the characters and and some of the some of the lines, uh, just the fact that it was animated and some of the things I, I witnessed in this film that I just were kind of sh surprising to me, shocking to me. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, but like my science project, I'm going to give this one a big two point um, Yeah. It's just uh, mediocre. So that's my thoughts on it. And I guess that is our thoughts on rock and roll. All right. So that will conclude our criminally underrated film arc. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that we were able to get, get our listeners involved, get you guys involved and have you decide which film we were going to talk about last. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I now have seen rock and roll. Um, even though it's one that I probably won't watch again, I am happy, you know, that I, that I know it now, you know, I can talk intelligently about it now, but so thank you guys for, for choosing rock and rule for us. So next week we move on to saw <laughs> and we will be talking about that first film, which obviously if you've not seen it, make sure you check it out this week. You can buy the Blu-ray collection for super cheap. I want to say like 20 bucks, maybe less. So make sure you look for that on Amazon and watch through that uh, series as we go through it. So that way you're all caught up with everything that we're talking about. I'm excited as hell to jump back into it for our 50th episode. And if you guys have any questions you want us to answer on the podcast, please hit me up on Twitter at Cinefessions or at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. Uh, or email us at contact at cinefessions.com. I would love for some, you know, listener feedback, some listener questions that we can maybe talk about at the beginning of next week's show, just because it is episode 50. So, you know, it's special. 50 episodes. That's, that's definitely a milestone. And I, I can't believe we're 50 in. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm just checking right now on Amazon.ca. They've got Saw, the complete movie collection. 
um, Blu-ray import. Uh, it's only $32.26, free shipping, and includes all 76 Saw movies. <laughs> this is going to be a long arc, so make sure you buckle in. Oh, man. I'll be 40 <laughs> when we finish. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, Ash, Mark, thank you guys for joining me tonight. I was uh, happy to talk about rock and roll, and hopefully you guys had some fun as well. Mm-hmm, sure did. Well, that is that for this week. So thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will catch you next time. Yeah.